Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always here once again, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up, man? What's up, man? You're looking uh, a little disheveled. You got some paint on your sweatshirt. You're it's really hey, man. I can really get are, sometimes I can uh, get down and dirty, man. I'm not just uh, you know a pretty face that walks around. <laughs> I'm down oh, to get these man. hands. Get yeah. these hands. You get, can catch get your these hands, hands dirty. Man. Getting these, getting your hands dirty. No, nah, yeah. I just uh, got a home a project that I'm working on. Uh, flip. So okay, sometimes yeah. you gotta save a few dollars and do a few things yourself all right well uh brandon you know uh this podcast is available on any podcast podcast platform excuse me so we thank everybody that's out there listening for for tuning in um you know if you could share this like rate review wherever you can um we would appreciate it we you know just the the more uh, more ears we can get on this, the, m- the more uh, word we can get spread about spinal cord injury awareness, the better. Um, saying that, Brandon, uh, it's been there's been a little bit of a of a dust up on on social media about wheelchair travel. Mm. Have you? Yeah, uh, man. The airlines, the airlines catch a lot of stuff, man, and they're uh, they're back at it again with more heat. Yeah, so they there there's a kind of a viral, I don't know if it's a TikTok or what it was going around of a woman crying when the airlines is like, "Oh, here you can have this like crappy like medical one like yeah, that they like, give you at the hospital." Yeah, like just a one to use while you're going like for somebody has a broken leg to use while they're like going through the hospital or uh, through the uh, airport or whatever. Um and yeah, man, it's it's wild how. So they broke hers, is what they you bro- said. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So they broke her Finish wheelchair. The story. And tried to give, sorry, man. Anyway, they gave gave her this just like crummy wheelchair after they broke her, you know, six seven thousand dollar manual wheelchair. Yeah. And she's just like in tears. And yeah, because we all know that you can't just easily just go get another. Yeah. There's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Exactly. Like when your chair, when you got stuck on the door. And nearly yeah, killed yourself. Three, yeah, it took like three months to get that thing fixed. That's right, man. Because you have to go through insurances. You have to um, find someone to fix it. You know, you have to. You have to order the parts. Yeah, you dude. Order the it's parts like, until they get approval from the doctor. From it's just it's it's insane, man. So and, the 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 post went viral. Yeah, because I saw. Um, I only found out about it from. You know, like Instagram, I saw our guy Eric Hawk share that. Yeah. Uh, I saw our guy Art the Inspiration share that. Yep. Um, our guy Adam Lucio. Yeah. Yeah, so I know, um, yeah, the thing that Eric Hawk had posted, there is a 2021 Air Carrier Access Amendment Act that is out right now or i guess is uh, being discussed as going through and being put into law hopefully to make it so that people can uh you know make make it so that we have to be treated fairly on airlines instead of just being you know like oh sorry my bad we didn't mean to break your chair but here's a voucher because that's what they said they give you like a you know a voucher or something or here's what they're not going to do Okay, let's hear it. They're not going to pay for – they're not going to give you what it's worth, first of all. Right. Um, I remember, you know, like, shoot, dude, if you lose your luggage, they're going to try to cheap out on you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let alone a $6,000 wheelchair, they'll probably ask for a receipt or something. And you'll be like, dude, like, just look at the wheelchair, how much it costs. Exactly. You know, well, like, I remember. I don't, I don't. I didn't pay for it. I had the insurance pay for it or well, something. You and know. That's the thing, right? It's six thousand dollars for a manual wheelchair. I know. Like if you like, I have a I have a power wheelchair that I have to use to get around. I can't get around in a manual wheelchair. So if my thirty thousand dollar wheelchair that gets thrown under the plane uh, after I have to get out of it to get rolled onto the onto the plane like Hannibal Lecter, then 
I, you know, what am I going to do? Cause you can't just like, I mean, I can't even use just that manual wheelchair. So, um, it, it, I remember being told when I first got injured that like, it's not a good idea if you can avoid air travel, like it's yeah, probably the best just because they were telling me about like seeing, um, you know, cause they like put all your luggage on those conveyor belts to take it up underneath the plane. And they were like, we've seen the power wheelchairs just fall off of that, oh like from gosh. 25 feet up in the air, 30 feet up in the air, whatever it is. So, you know, like, yeah, it's, it, it's wild, man. It's they, a, it's a huge, um, institution, the airport system. Yeah. And it, it, it's crazy to it's, me that there's no way for somebody to stay in their wheelchair and get on an airplane. It's bullshit. Like, how is that? We're in twenty. Why do they not have wheelchair seating on the airplane? Exactly. I mean, like, the door's not wide enough for, on the airplane, I think. But how do you... I get it, man. Make, make a wider make a fucking wider, door. Yeah, why can't you make a wider door on they all have, planes? They have freaking planes the military uses. They drive full-ass trucks onto. Right. Exactly, man. It's crazy. So... Anyway, that that's uh, you know we're definitely gonna keep keep uh, keep fighting for that for sure because this can't we can't let this happen. To yeah, I mean yeah, like people in wheelchairs want to travel too. All right, so you know make this happen, airlines. Stop uh, stop holding us back. Anyway, Brandon, this week we have an amazing guest once again. Mm. Top My tier. guy, top t- tier. All, uh, you know, we only have illustrious guests on this show, but my guy, Wesley Hamilton, he's been on, uh, he was on the Netflix show Queer Eye, which is, I guess, a spinoff of Queer Eye for the straight guy. He had, he started a foundation called Disabled But Not Really. And he, I mean, this guy's doing it. He's a like world champion adaptive crossfit athlete dang so weightlifting athlete yeah i mean the guy is just he's so he's huge bro like just uh, yeah wesley he's a good dude Uh, man wesley's a great guy i'm excited to hear and uh yeah he's super inspirational let's let's get to that interview right now we will talk to you on the other side this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we have the the joy of speaking with Wesley Hamilton. Uh, Wesley is a public speaker, a model, founder of the nonprofit organization Disabled But Not Really, a 2021 CNN Heroes Award winner. He's given a couple of TED Talks. Uh, you've seen him on the Netflix show Queer Eye, uh, Family Feud, The Today Show, Wesley, man, that's quite an intro, uh, quite a list, man. How are you doing? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a quite a list, man. So sometimes I just like to let people know, man, you know, I'm just Wesley Hamilton. You know, it's just because it's a lot of accomplishments, but, you know, it's still a marathon, right? So we got to keep it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to just say, man, from, you know, from everything, I want to just let all the listeners know that aren't seeing this video right now that the, the smile is for real, man. Like it's, uh, it, uh, definitely kind of lights up the room, man. <laughs> I, I love that man. Positivity always. So yeah, I wanted to know, uh, Wesley, if you could kind of, um, just for anybody that doesn't know your story already, can you kind of give us an overview of how you were injured and when that happened? Yes, sir. All right, man. So, um, January 2000, hold on, January 2012, uh, after a verbal altercation, I was shot multiple times in my abdomen, which led to me being paralyzed from the waist down. Um, I have a T11, T12 incomplete spinal cord injury. Uh, yeah. And so at that time of my injury, which was about nine years ago, um, I was, uh, I'm, I'm five, four, five, five on a good day. <laughs> and, uh, but I was about 250 pounds. And so for me, it, it never really, uh, bothered me to be a little bit overweight. Like while I was walking, I don't, I don't think I, I had to worry about it so consciously, but when I got in the chair, 
it caused a lot of health complications. One, because I was battling depression and things of not wanting to accept, you know, this new way of life. Um, and so, long, yeah, so I ended up getting a pressure ulcer on my tailbone by the end of my first year. So, uh, you know, that led to two years of bed rest, six surgeries. I was probably um, put on bed rest. It was 21 hours a day, you know, so I was dealing with like stage four pressure ulcer and I was just having all these different health complications and things that just wasn't making me feel proud of who I was, you know, and um, I reached out to the doctor one day. He, I asked him, what could I do to be more active? He told me to add protein to my diet, but they wanted to put me on like, you know, meal replacement drinks and things. I think one was called Insure. So it was never like my cup of tea. Uh, I always tell people like my grandma drank that drink. So I'm like, it was for me consciously, it wasn't for me, you know? And um, so, yeah, man, but I'm a single father. So my daughter's 11. She was two at the time of my accident. So I think that's what really gave me uh, the will to do something. Um, I didn't know what protein was. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I really didn't know, like, the, the basis behind it. Like, how do you acquire, how do you get pro more protein into your diet? I didn't know that information. So I went to school, uh, a local community college, and picked up a dietitian course um, and learned nutrition that way. And this was still while I was on bed rest. So by my last surgery, January 2015, my timelines are great for me. Anyway, so basically three years after my injury, I was having my last surgery, but I was 100 pounds lighter. I was like 135 pounds, you know, and I hadn't worked out seriously. I was just eating right. Um, but what that did was it gave me motivation because I could never lose weight walking. You know, I'd, I had always felt like I was just going to be this heavy set dude. You know, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I believe Big Bonded was a thing back then. Like, seriously, bro, like it was it was real for me. And, you know, when I, the so many people could see that I've lost so much in their eyes, you know, I did something that I couldn't didn't have the will or determination to do when I was walking. And so that's where I started disabled, but not really. Um, you know, the goal was, uh, I was still in a hospital bed, you know, but I was like, man, how many more people, you know, with limitations can I motivate to push past those mental limitations so they can do something they didn't think they could do, you know? And it was like, okay, let me, let me push that. And that was like my driving force. And I didn't know what I wanted to do outside of make more people with disabilities be active and healthy but I was motivated. Um, so for the next two years, I got into fitness. Like I never worked out till I was paralyzed, you know, and I got into fitness and uh, became this award-winning adaptive athlete, traveling all over the country, competing in um, CrossFit and uh, uh, bodybuilding, you know? So now, now I was all part of these different communities, me and all these amazing people, networking, it just became something motivating, but I had confidence. I had confidence within myself, you know, despite my limitations or despite how people saw me, you know, it was just more like, if I could do this and I could do that, like, man, you can't tell me nothing. Like, you can't tell me what I can't do. Like, instead, I started to focus more of the defeat society had around me than what I felt was defeated by society. And, you know, yeah, so... I became this award-winning athlete, man, you know, and then after that, just that confidence level of, of willing and ready to open up doors, get into rooms that really speak and where I can be that advocate and that activist at times and really speak for the communities I represent. And that, you know, pivoted to modeling, pivoted to like being on Netflix, pivoted to like really the other things that I'm doing in my career, even to public speaking, you know, like I, I'm, I owned my truth, so now I can speak it. And so that's how I feel. It's like I was able to accept everything about me, and I became proud of that. Oh, that that's beautiful, man, for, for sure. Uh, I want to just go back for a second, man. I, I'm trying to just wrap my head around, you know, going through 
a spinal cord injury. Um, and then all, you know, within a year having to spend two years in bed, like, I mean, that, that's a lot to, I mean, I can't even imagine overcoming that. Like what, I mean, how are you able to kind of stay so positive and be able to, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't overcome that, you know, Wesley. So uh, that's just, uh, I wasn't positive, you know, not those, those years, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was defeated. Um, I was at the lowest point of my life. I just, it made me hate everything. Like I just felt disgusted, you know, like going in and out of the hospitals, having to take like bed baths because you might be hooked up to so much that you can't just shower. You know, it was, it was those times. And it just, it was, it wasn't Wes, you know, it wasn't Wesley. It wasn't who I, I envisioned myself being. Um, but at the same time, I had my little girl. And, you know, when you think about, I mean, at least for me as a man, I had always thought like, oh, I'm going to just show her what strength look like. And I'm going to be the strongest, you know, parent and show you like all these different things. And this was before I even got in this chair. So those thoughts and, you know, uh, aspirations of what I envisioned myself as a father always came back. You know, and it was like, okay, you know, I got to push myself. I got to have will because I have a child that I raised. You know, it wasn't like I was not co-parenting or anything. I have full custody of my daughter. And so it was like, okay, I have to, you know, step up, right? Like in a, in a, in a sense that I would have never done before. So as somebody else, and I, I completely understand those that might get defeated behind circumstance. But for me, it was like I had another life. I had another reason. And my why was already sitting in front of me, watching me every day. You know, now, if my child was teenager, older, might not have had that same effect. Right. But when you got a two, three year old, you know, child, you're not trying to show them, you know, how you face defeat because you feel defeated. You're still going to try to show them how to overcome, rise above circumstances, and yeah, and it gave me more strength. So, um, yeah, but I, I'd like to be transparent and say, yeah, I wasn't the happiest. You know, I probably lost a lot of friendships and relationships around that time, you know, just because of how, you know, hateful I was toward myself and how it poured out to others. Um, you know, it wasn't no self-love there. You know, when you see me today, it's a lot of self-love here, you know, but through that time, it wasn't any. Uh, that I mean, yeah, and that's important, I guess, to to kind of let people know, you know, it, it's I guess it's okay to to be down, but it, it's guys how you rebound from that and and kind of take take life, uh, you know, take control of your life because I I guess so so you lo- you dropped all that weight and you didn't without doing any working out you were just stuck in bed so you weren't eating a whole lot you just like changed the way you ate and then. Um, what, you know, cause now I, I watch your videos and you're like lifting weights or, you know, like from your wheelchair, like do it like on a, I, it looks like an old squat <laughs> machine from like, uh, when I was playing high school football. 20 years ago. Um, so yeah, man, I, how did you even, you know, get into lifting weights from a wheelchair? Um, you know, man, it just that CrossFit, you know, so getting into CrossFit, like, I would do a local rehab center and try to work out, do a small working out. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't um, extensive because I didn't have that much time to get out. So I would do like this thing called a new step. And it was like, I could hook my legs up to it and I move my arms back and forth. And it just really, it was, it was amazing, right? Like it was, it was, it gave me my cardio. So I would say at least two, three days out of a week, I could do cardio. But it was really just switching the way I ate, you know, and it was just um, I didn't I didn't slow down on my meals. I just switched. You know, I always tell people like probably the biggest thing for me, the biggest transformation for me was probably water. You know, like I was a Dr. Pepper lover, you know, you could tell me all day, like I'd be mad, bring me a Dr. Pepper. I'm happy, bring me a Dr. Pepper, you know, like I was Dr. Pepper. So when I took that away, and started drinking water just all day consistently, there was so much more value. You know, there was so much more like, yeah, my body just got healthier. And so once I got healthier, I just, 
I don't know. It felt like the next thing to do was just to work out, you know, like, oh, OK. Like, I remember taking a picture with my shirt off. Like, bro, I never took pictures with my shirt off, you know. So it was like, man, like it was it was a huge thing. But again, I had did something I didn't do walking. Um, so someone kind of told me about CrossFit, adaptive CrossFit. And I looked it up and it just looked very challenging. But I had never like. You know, I come from communities that don't even have gyms. So, um, you know, I had never really like seen this type of sport or seen these things. And then I'm like, oh, man, they got it for people in wheelchairs. You know, so that was like something amazing for me. So I wanted I was up for the challenge. And I had, again, I changed my body drastically. Like so for me, it was like, what else can I do? Right. Like, you know, and it wasn't so many avenues at that beginning stage, just 2016 for me to think that I could do more in my chair. Right. It was like, okay, now that I lost this weight, the next best thing is getting into some type of sports because again, there's not many doors open at that time for people with disabilities. It might be a little bit now because you have the DEI conversations being strong since last year. But before that, it was still like, yeah, you know, so got into CrossFit, man, and just started challenging myself. And I found myself just, I found out they had wheelchairs that, you know, could allow me to lift heavy weight, you know, sitting down. And then they were lighter, light enough for me to pull myself on a rope. You know, it was things like that. And I had never climbed ropes before my chair, but I was like, man, well, like a zombie apocalypse came about, right? And, you know, you see all the movies, right? They just be messed up, bro. So, like, for me, I'm like, man, what happens to all the people with disabilities? Like, just seriously, like, man, they just going to leave us out because we ain't going to be able to, hell no, you're going to throw me that rope, bro. Yeah. And if you throw me that rope, I'm coming up that rope. Like, I always tell people, like, that was my whole motivation behind it because I was like you never know if something's gonna happen so I might as well be able to move myself in every capacity with what I have to work with and that was like okay if I can if I can balance myself to lift a hundred some pounds over my head then I'm pretty sure I could do that if we got to push some bags over some things but again like a lot of that practice is lifestyle practice so when people see me lifting weights and they're like, man, that's dope. Like, but I'm like, I'm doing this for my mindset, for my mental to say, okay, Wes, you could do this in just a normal lifestyle condition, right? Like if I'm somewhere and I'm trying to pick up something from the ground, I can't just look at a 50 pound bag or something and say, oh, I can't do it. Not when I've lifted bars from the ground from practice, right? So again, like for me, it was like, how can I be independent? And fitness showed me how to be independent because I had to do things that made me uncomfortable, but it also made me strong enough to be aware that I could do it. So no, that's uh, that's very cool, man. Have you ever fallen when you're climbing a rope? Have you ever slipped? I mean, because like the chair comes up with you. I, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, damn, this is crazy because I've never seen anybody do that before from a wheelchair. So it was, it was inspiring to me, but that was the first thing that, that popped in my mind after that. I'm like, damn, I wonder if he's ever fallen off of there. Oh man. You know what, bro? You know, no, I've never fell off, but I, I, I honestly, I don't think I would pull that rope if I didn't feel like I could hold on. Yeah, you know, now I would say that every rope ain't the best, right? Like there are some ropes with some messed up textures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it has been slippery ropes at times, <laughs> you know, or if you sweating and you going back up and stuff, you know, but at the same time, I think that you got to know your limits and you got to know your body, you know? And so a lot of my work I do is just teaching people not to be the craziest, insane person just because it looked cool, like really knowing yourself and knowing what you're c- capable of, you know, because the same thing with me throwing up a, 185 pounds over my head well i gotta make sure that i'm confident to do it and it's not just for the ground right like (laughs) because you know so gotta still know your body especially if you have limitations because i can't feel my lower half so that means that i literally have to always be mindful of how i'm operating my body 
Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I wanted to find out too, Wesley, where, where did the name disabled, but not really come from? Cause that's such like a good message and, you know, just a great, you know, great name as well. So yeah, where, where did that come from? Where the, mo- you know, the inspiration for that come from? Uh, you know, oh man. I was, as soon as I lost that weight um, and found out I had lost it in the hospital bed because it's not like I could get weighed every day. So um, I, you know, went this long time just in denial because I didn't know. And um, so when I I lost that weight, I I hashtagged disabled, but not really just on my local social media. Of course, it wasn't as large as it is now or anything. But I just hashtag disabled, but not really. And um, just the feedback I got from family and friends, I think it would just felt good. You know, and I don't think that they knew what I was proud of as much as they just liked the name, right? Like it just, but I think about how debilitated my mindset was when I acquired my disability. You know, I was 24 when I, I um, when my accident happened. So for me, my mindset was kind of like built on society's own views of like, you know, stigmas and things like that. You know, it was like, I couldn't do nothing. I was less than whatever those things were. Those were debilitating for me, right? Like those were things that I eventually embodied and it defeated me more. Well, once I overcame that and overcame the things that I thought I couldn't overcome when I was walking, I realized that, you know, the only debilitating thing that I had was more of my mind, not my abilities. And so I felt like, yeah, I'm disabled to a certain extent, but the things that I'm doing now surpasses what people project or perceive of a person with a disability. So that's where the, but not really. It's like, yeah, I'm disabled. I'm going to own that, but not really. Because what people perceive of disability is who I used to be when I first acquired my disability. But now I am showing something that people are looking at like, seriously, right? Like it's a question mark. Because now it's like, I didn't know a person with a disability could do that. So it's like, is it is it the reality that we are less than or we're limited? Or was it the way society perceived those things that made us limited? So like for me, there is a culture when it comes to disability. So disabled is something I will own. I am disabled, but not really. Because again, disabled is the perception of how society sees, but not really is the perception of how I see my disability. No, that's, that's, that's amazing, man. I love, I love that. That That's such a, it's a great, great message for, for anyone. Yeah. Anyone in, you know, dealing with a spinal cord injury or, or just dealing with everyday life, man, everybody's going through it. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a great, great message. When did the kind of, when did the, the nonprofit kind of take off? I mean, cause you're, you're really doing it now and like you've been on the the see you won the cnn heroes award and and you were on queer eye on netflix and all this so like when when did things like really start to to you know blow up for you i guess after after starting the nonprofit and everything you know man honestly i'll be so disabled but not really is my vision you know and uh So everywhere I went, I promoted it. You know, it's just, it, it's just, it's never about me anymore. You know, it's all, it's bigger than me. And I think that's the mindset that I always have. So my own personal drive have opened up doors, meaning being an adaptive athlete, you know, it got me featured on a lot of publications. It brought a lot of attention toward Wesley Hamilton. And what I was what I did was switch it up and say, oh, but this is for disabled, but not really. You see what I mean? Like, because again, I want to use all my platforms to not just show the amazing things I do, 
but the things that all people with disabilities can do with something back behind them, right? So like for me, I think that's what made disabled not really kind of grow. Um, it's organic, you know, it's, um, I, again, it's, it's my vision. So it's like, I will work hard for this. I go for this, but this is what I represent out of all things. And, um, and yeah, just a lot of networking, a lot of just me really putting myself out there to network, you know? So of course, Queer Eye and all those things highlighted it, but a lot of those, a lot of those opportunities came kind of projected around Wesley Hamilton. And then it's like in the midst of the conversation, it's like, oh, you know, I got this nonprofit organization. It's like, what, what, you do what, what? You know, like you're already doing all this amazing stuff for yourself. And now you're doing all these things for other people. And so that's kind of like how I, I, you know, I've wouldn't watched it grow. It's because so many people are drawn to like, you know, when you see a lot of influencers and things on social media, they're more focused on themselves and it brings a lot of numbers and it's amazing, right? But it's like, all day long, they're trying to create content or do something to show themselves in a better light. For me, yeah, I work hard to show myself in a different light, but I also work even harder to give others that same platform, you know? And I think that that's really what helped it grow was that, man, you know, you live your life serving others. You just receive the benefits that come organically you know, and, and you're just grateful for it. So I'm a firm believer is as long as you push your, push out your vision and you're determined to see it um, succeed, everything else that you probably never envisioned coming into your life, it just starts to fall into your lap. Like every time I get a call about an opportunity, I do my little chuckle, like, <laughs> it's, it's something like that, because I'm like, I would have never, I just, Every day I'm just like, man, blessings just come and out just because I'm continually working and trying to serve others. And so, yeah, man, that's how I look at it. It's just everything has came organic and the org is, is growing in an organic way, you know, and it's, and it's reaching all over the world just because, you know, it's, it's built on empathy and integrity and and driven by experience, right? Like when you look at my life, I am what disabled, but not really is, you know, my life itself put me in that position to say that I was disabled, but not really first. And I, I knew how to project that. So I also think that brings a lot of value and strength into the conversations when I'm going and speaking about my org. Yeah, no, that, that's really, that's really cool. Um, I, I was going to say, I, the first video I actually saw of yours was basically you um, working, like working out with, uh, there was a young lady who was a gymnast that had gotten uh, paralyzed. And then another young lady who uh, had, was an amputee and she was in the gym working out with you. And then another, another guy uh, in a wheelchair, I'm not sure what his um, injury was, but um, everybody, you were, you were in there motivating everybody and you guys were all motivating each other. And like, that's just, you know, that's such a cool thing. And is that kind of the, the goal of, of disabled, but not really. And kind of, and do you have your own gym then that you, that you're running stuff out of or. Um... So, um, all right. So the way let's put it like, so no, so we've, we've partnered with gyms, so we've partnered with facilities um, to, you know, do our programming. What I did was when COVID happened, or when COVID came about um, last year, I ended up leaving certain partnerships because it wasn't no access for people with disabilities. So um, I made my garage into a gym. And so I was personal training at my garage probably for a little bit over a year. Um, and we just kind of opened back up partnerships so that we could start going in and creating more of that social aspect, you know, with the people that I've been working with. Um, what we did do, though, uh, last Thursday is we, we just did our uh, launch. So we did a mobile gym. So we have a mobile gym that will be going out into different communities and really just raising awareness and teaching people 
like the benefits of health and wellness, and then kind of bridging that gap to other facilities that might not be in their area, but can really benefit them. And so, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. Now our future goal, right? Like is to have our own facility. I think we just kind of been making those smaller steps because just because we have a gym in the city don't mean everyone will come to ours. So I've been trying to really work with other facilities in our area to really just bridge that gap of inclusivity. So at least if we somewhere, we can say, oh, we recommend you going to this location if you can't come, because it's all about community, so. Yeah, that, no, that, that's great, that, that's really good. Uh, I wanted to know, so before I watched the, the Queer Eye episode, uh, I wanted, I was, I had my next question for you. I knew that you had been shot. I did not know that you actually met the person who shot you on that episode. And that, that was a powerful moment um, of you basically saying that you, you thanked him for what had happened to you and, and where you're at now. And that just, you know, that blew my mind. So yeah, t- talk about that. Talk about that whole experience, I guess. I mean, if you want to talk about the whole Queer Eye experience, like how you got on the show and everything first. But I definitely want to talk a, a little bit about uh, uh, just your mindset in, in being able to forgive uh, that, that man that, that actually shot so, you. So, you know, I mean, you know, let's take it from this point, right? Like, um, all right, first of all, how did Wesley get on Queer Eye? That's a question I hear a lot. So let's throw that out. Um, I think that, again, I was doing a lot of networking and moving and shaking here in my city just to promote disabled, but not really. Um, and, at, and at the same time, I've made a lot of diff- other accomplishments uh, that really re- was recognized in the city. So when they were coming to KC, um, they just reached out to, uh, for season two, um, they reached out to a couple of local networks to get like different names of people that could potentially benefit from their show. Um, and so my name came about, but I still went through the same process as probably hundreds of other people here where we went through a couple of interviews and, you know, I honestly, I still didn't think it was going to go down. Cause I think when I had to meet the producer for the first time after, you know, we were semi-approved, I had fractured my femur in a water skiing accident. It was the same day. And I'm like, oh my God, like, oh man, this is not working for me. Anyway, it worked. All right. So, (laughs) but, um, but that was really how it was. It was still a process. It was just like, it was a name dropped for sure, but it was a name drop with about another 150 names all dropped at the same time. I think uh, the personality, the story itself is what really carried on and made that process keep going. Because, you know, when you think about film, you think about Queer Eye, of course, I didn't know about the show before. Um, so I had to do my own research about it. I hadn't seen a person in a wheelchair or with a disability on the show. So I was I was already thinking to myself, you know, there are a lot of obstacles, you know, when you're thinking about a person in a wheelchair. And so I really had to kind of let them be aware of that and be mindful of it. And it was just, yeah, so I was kind of nervous a little bit of like, nah, they're not going to try to do all that, you know, but they did all that. So <laughs> um, now, meeting the man that shot me, um, I am a firm believer um, of, you know, speaking things into existence, the power of affirmations, speaking with intent, um, and uh Before, it was about two years prior to um, me meeting Maurice on Queer Eye, I had always said, like, the man that tried to take my life gave me life. And I think I started saying that after I lost that weight, because, man, like, as soon as I lost that weight, I got into, you know, I started the organization. So I was ready to serve others in a major way. Um, Then I got into fitness. 
So then I started competing and I got into competitions and bodybuilding and CrossFit all over the country. I'm traveling now. You know, like I came from just community. I didn't believe in traveling. I didn't think it was safe for me to travel. You know, so I'm all on the airplanes traveling all by myself in Miami and Cali. It was like, man, I was really seeing life for a different, you know, from something different. I was grateful for that. You know, despite, and then it also allowed me to start taking accountability for my actions. Like, it's easy to say, like, somebody pulled a trigger, but can you actually be accountable and talk about what happened prior? You know, it's, and for me, it was like, I had to take accountability that my actions and emotions played a major part in me being shot. You know, and it's like, everybody can walk away from the situation, but did I, right? Or, you know, and so... Of course, he has his own choices that he made, but I made choices myself that allowed me to stay there, which ended up me being shy. And I think, again, just that growth for me, that growth spurt in so, such a small time really just helped me be more mindful. Um, one of my affirmations I think I use is like, you know, forgiveness allows us to see those that harmed us are human. And, you know, and it was like, for me, I can't, it's a lot of things that I did that I never got caught for. And I'm not saying that it's similarities to it, but I also know that I, I've never, I wasn't a perfect person, right? right? And so it's like, we, we, when something is harmful and visible, it's so much easier to play victim. But I, I felt like it was a level playing field at that moment. You know, if anything I wanted to know was like, why did he pull the trigger, right? So when I got on the show, I had uh, in our um, interview, because uh, I always said the same thing. Um, I think it was like, I was like, yeah, I was shot, you know. And at that, you know, back then when I would tell people I was shot, they'd be like, oh, man, I'm sorry that happened to you, you know, or something like that, like instantly. And I come right back behind it, like, oh man, for real, it was the best thing ever happened to me, right? Like, you know, like, what the? Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> minds. And so that was kind of like how the conversation started with the people from Netflix. And I was like, oh, but the man that tried to take my life, he gave me life. And they were like, oh, that's powerful. So like, talk more about that. And as we talked, um, my producer was like, well, you know, true forgiveness. And I think she was just trying to give me. But she was like, true forgiveness, you know, it's not real, really real unless you can face the person. And I was like, hmm. I said, all right, well, let's do it. You know, and I went on and I, I found, you know, my city isn't isn't small, uh, too big, um, but a lot of work kind of just gets around. So I kind of already knew how to contact them and things like that. So I just gave them the information and I was like, hey, you know, I didn't know exactly what day it was going to be when we met, but I was already ready. I had did a blog and like a YouTube video years prior of just forgiveness and saying I forgive them, you know, so that was me now you know, after the forgiveness stage was me now more forgiving myself for my actions and thanking him for me, allowing me to now be aware, you know, because again, who I am today is way different than who I used to be or who I could have been if this never happened to me. Wow, man, that that's a powerful message, Wesley, for sure. That, that's, uh, that's really, that's really amazing. I wanted, so he got, uh, Maurice, he got caught right after he shot you and, and he's, he went to prison for, for a, a, a time. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So he did a few years in prison. Um, but he didn't, I don't think he went, um, initially for the charge of shooting me. And that's just because in our community, it's just hard to go to court and try to go and talk about anything. So I never went to court for my situation. Okay. Okay. Um, and have you, it seemed like the two of you, you know, you guys, you guys hugged each other at the end of, of the interview. Um, are you, have you spoken to him again since then? Have you guys done anything together? Um, no, um, no, honestly, that's, you know, that's my intent. And I always still feel like that's still going to be my intention. Um, you know, uh, but at the same time, uh, COVID just kind of put a dent in a lot. I think right after Queer Eye, for one, just life kind of just went crazy. And then you had COVID. So after now, it's been a couple of years. So hopefully we can start to reconnect. 
Um, you know, when you're filming with TV, it's a lot of in and out. So everything that was conversated was very organic um, and authentic. And, you know, and it was very like, nothing was scripted for sure. And so I know that there's something there. And as I, I mentioned to him, there's going to be a time that we're going to end up getting back together um, and having that sit down and have that conversation again. Um, so just really just kind of playing it by playing the cards, you know, and just kind of sitting and waiting. Yeah. Were you surprised at all by, cause I mean, obviously with being TV, I don't know how much of it, um, you know, if maybe something was out of order from something else, but it almost seemed like when you came in to talk with him, he was like, he almost seemed a little bit aggressive towards you. Like when you were like, I just want to know what, you know, what made you do that. And he was like, Oh, you think you didn't have any part in that or whatever, which I mean, like you said, you're, you're kind of good with, with having the, you know, having that thought that, yeah, you know, you're, you played a role in it too, to some degree. Um, Were you surprised by his like initial, initial response to you or, or interaction with you? No, um, no, not at all, because, you know, I feel like when you haven't seen somebody since something happened, there's some, you know, the energy in the room wasn't bad, first of all, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a room reader in a sense, so I know that, you know, there wasn't any bad energy, um, so in a, in a, in a sense that we just, yeah, his react, first reaction, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, as you talk to somebody, somebody might be testing you. And I'm not saying that he was testing me, but more or less, I think he was just standing his ground of just, make, because the thing is, is that Maurice was called over to the situation. So he wasn't even a person that I had any altercation with. All right, like he, he was just coming to have somebody else's back. So I think for him, it was just more or less of just letting that be known. Because if you didn't know, then most people would think, oh, you had this altercation with this person, and then boom, bam. No, he had a whole time to travel over to come to me. So again, that's where my accountability had to come in. And I just had to do more of listening. You know, and I think that I just I wanted to share with him and let him know, like I was taking accountability, but I just wanted to know why. And then as soon as he broke down his why, it was just understandable. Like, I'm telling you, man, like I was in the streets my whole life and and I know those situations and I know that I would have reacted the same. I know that I wouldn't have, you know, went a different direction, like not with that mindset back then. And I think that was just it. It was just under, I was, I get it. You know, yeah, yeah. Something tragic happened out of it, but I get it. Right. Right. You know, Wesley, I don't want to keep you a whole lot longer, man. I know we've been, I I could probably keep you all day, all the questions I have for you, but I do want to know um, how did the CNN uh, heroes award come about? And, And did you already receive that? Or is that like something that's coming up? Um, you know, I don't know if you've already been honored on CNN for that or not, but, um, you know, tell us about that a little bit as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, CNN Heroes came, somebody nominated me, first of all. So that's how it works. It's all about nominations. And I'm pretty sure after Queer Eye hit, there were a lot of nominations came through. And um, just reached out again, same interview thing, same vetting, um, because it's nonprofit work um, that they acknowledged. They had to kind of go make sure your nonprofit was official and the things you're doing. And um, of course, we made it through all of that, um, filmed it, but we filmed it last year. Uh, but again, like we filmed it March, the week of March 7th. And I think the next week, everything was shut down. Right. So uh, we had to wait for it to air this year. So right now, the way the process is, is that they kind of acknowledge all the 2021 nominees throughout the year. And then there's a voting process for everybody. Um, and then once that voting process, it dials you down to the top 10 hero. Um, and then there's another voting process to do hero of the year. 
So I'm excited about it because Hero of the Year gets you $100,000 towards your nonprofit organization. Um, and even being in the top 10 allows you to get, um, I think it was uh, something around 10, 10 grand. So yeah, it's a lot of benefits with it. I'm excited, you know, I'm excited about it all the way around. I'm just excited about the opportunity because, you know, that's CNN. And that's, you know, that's a worldwide platform. So, yeah, I'm excited just to see where it goes for sure. That's cool. So we'll be able to vote vote for you then coming up here. All right. Cool, man. Yes, yes sir. Very cool. And then, you know, I always ask anybody that, that is paralyzed also, um, what kind of, and you, you touched on, um, basically, I, I like to ask what kind of like health and fitness tips you can offer to other people dealing with spinal cord injuries that maybe you know are outside the box that we haven't thought about i know you already said water is the big thing um that you you kind of go to but what yeah what you know what are some things that we can we can do at home we can do you know that that's not like a huge like you know reshaping of your whole life but can get you a little little bit healthier no, honestly, I just feel like, you know, changing the certain things that you eat, like limiting um, your bread count, um, you know, drinking more water, um, more fruits, um, taking away sugar. A lot of us do a lot of sugar, um, especially if we're laying in the bed majority of the day. Um, we're just doing things for comfort. Um, so trying to get out and be active as much as possible. Um, if you do have downtime, if you got to be in a bed, like start working on things that can stimulate your mind, audio books, because you think about health, um, we talk about mental health too. Um, so you can't just go and try to eat good food and think that that's all that, you know, that's going to drive you like your mindset has to be in the right place too. Um, so I'm, I'm a firm believer, just books and podcasts you know, listen to things that are positive, things that tell you more about self-love, um, journaling, um, all those things that can really help you take control. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's just important. So yeah, outside of the food, I mean, again, like I went two years on bed rest and I didn't really exercise. I just drank a lot of water. I changed from regular starchy foods to, you know, pastas and stuff to whole wheat pastas and um, tried, yeah, Pinterest. Pinterest was my friend back then. Pinterest and Food Network, because since I was on, you know, laying in the bed all day, I got interested in how to cook food, you know. And, and of course, like for us with disabilities, sometimes cooking is just hard or we don't know how or, you know, it's just a lot. It's complications with that. But I was eager to do it for myself. Um, and yeah, and that's all y'all have to do. It's small steps. Don't try to get overly aggressive. Like you got to go into the gym and do something. Like you could push um, for 30 minutes and feel good, you know, and just do it with a little bit more intensity than just the norm. Um, find a school to go to and use the parking lot. Like it's just not that hard. Um, but don't think, don't overthink it when we're talking like, wellness but also just know that your mental health matters just as much as your physical yeah no that that's a that's a great thought for sure uh you know and, and the the last question i have for you is kind of what are your what are your like immediate and, and future goals here with the with the nonprofit? just personally whatever uh whatever you might have yeah. Who? Um, oh, well, with the org, you know, we're trying to really launch this mobile gym and really go all over the country with it um, to empower and inspire more people um, to raise awareness in schools and um, in the school system to change that perception at a young age. Um, for myself, well, also with the org, you know, pushing to get our own facility. So that's something that we, we got our fingers crossed. But with CNN's help, maybe we'll get there real quick. Um, but personally, man, I just want to keep opening doors that I didn't see open for me, you know, earlier in my life. Um, 
I think I'm just, I'm hungry for that. You know, I get to speak my truth. I get to share my story on platforms and inspire, but I really just eager to just continue opening up doors, you know, and it's like, what else can I do? I might go into tennis for a little bit. Um, might try to get into the Olympics one year. Um, you know, it's just things I thought about doing some power lifting um, just to try to get, just challenge myself more. But even with my modeling, um, just a lot, you know, that I want to do. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just grateful. You know, it's just being grateful, man, that every day you can do something with your life. And so for me, it's like, I'm not done. You know, if I'm, I'm still here, I'm still breathing, then I can still be ambitious to keep making my life the way I want it, you know, create your own reality, you know? So. That's, that's beautiful, man. That is beautiful, Wesley. Uh, where can people find you and follow you uh, out on social media and everything? Oh uh, yeah, what's up everybody? Y'all can follow me on um, any platform at, I am Wesley Hamilton. And you can also go tap into my website, I am WesleyHamilton.com. And for the nonprofit, it's at disabled but not really. Nothing is spelled different. And our website is disabled but not really.org. Okay. And we'll uh, I'll link all of that with, with the podcast as, as well when we put it out. And yeah, Wesley Hamilton, man, you are you are an inspiration for for everybody in this situation. And we appreciate you, man, coming on the show and and giving me some time to, to I could probably go on for another couple hours, man. We'll have to do it again sometime soon. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. Keep pushing it out. Keep motivating, you know, and keep being able to share stories because this is what it's all about. Absolutely, bro. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. All right. That was Wesley Hamilton, uh, the one and only. This guy has such just an incredible story, Brandon. Did you watch the Queer Eye episode? I haven't seen it, no. Uh, I tried to tell you, man. Um, I'm unprepared. I know. As usual. As usual. Um, I usually just leave that kind of stuff up to you, Jeremy. I just roll in here. Yeah. Well, he was, Um, uh, you know, he. I don't check the facts. (laughs) Wesley was shot and was able to gunshot victims um are a huge percentage of spinal cord injury yeah it's like that i found yeah yeah car crashes i mean we gunshot wounds i've uh definitely we've we've seen that that is a huge impact on that that community man yeah i mean i just like the message of disabled but not really because it's just like it's like, and the, he describes it in, in the interview there that you all just heard, you know, and it, it reminds me of, you know, like Jorge uh, Sierra talking about what's your wheelchair? Like everybody's dealing with something, something right? right? And you just can see it's our... It's just more rare. Yeah, you can see ours, but like Wesley's doing amazing things. Like he's he he thanked the, the man that mm. shot him for for what he because he was like going down the wrong like he was not not doing well you know you know he more or less and i I believe in the episode or in one of the interviews i saw he basically says like people that were living the way i lived were you know it's either you're going to end up dead or in jail Mm -hmm. so um, wow, man he uh it's about perspective when it comes down to it jay Um, it really is yeah, I just uh, that's a wild way to look at it, and some uh, and it's it's what amazes me most about you know working on this podcast and getting more and um, like a better look into the to the, through the eyes of someone with a spinal cord injury and how they tend to in most ways look at it as um, something that they're they're ending up taking advantage of, you know. In, yeah. a, in a wild way yeah yeah exactly and you know disabled but not really is the i love that he they just had their like big fun, uh gala and they had they had it at arrowhead stadium and like had Dang. a ton of people like, not on the field but like in their like big a, conference like, yeah, like, like a big exhibition uh, center exhibition or center yeah and I mean, they had a huge turnout. Mm-hmm. It was it was so great to see, man. Just I mean, people 
with with covid too like people being so able to get back the, out um, here and they're they're just i know i haven't listened to the interview yet but what's the uh main mission of the um disabled but not really grab it too much so oh, let's cut this up. out um I'll look that shit up man i know hold on let me uh, let's keep going I, I know that wesley had mentioned that they're trying to get mobile uh, workout centers basically to come to the communities that that most need them um, disabled or otherwise and and that kind of um you know they're, they're trying to talk about healthy living healthy eating mm. um which all. we talk a lot about on this podcast yeah so you know it's it's all of those things um kind of rolled into one to to live your best life while you're dealing with this you just know? overall so. just be healthy strong confident exactly gotcha exactly and wesley's like the epitome of that i mean yeah like watching this dude do like roll up on it like one of those old like squat racks that we mm-hmm. would work out at in like high school football or whatever and just literally like roll up under a barbell with you know weights on both like probably like you know 40 couple 45 pound uh plates. plates on both sides and just straight over his head like lift it up and just boom Start like banging them out do do doing reps like Love all it. day man so you know, Wesley's an inspiration for sure. I mean, I love I love seeing anybody uh, doing their thing like that. Um, it, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. For sure, man. So, well, we will uh, get out of here. We will be back next week once again. Um, we appreciate everyone listening. Go check out Wesley and, and his mission um, at Disabled. Cool. Yeah. At Disabled, but not really. Dot org. Yeah, we'll post the links I'll, in the description. Yeah, yeah, I'll have all of his socials on there as well, so you guys can connect with him. Uh, and yeah, thanks again, Wesley. Uh, please rate, review, like, share, all that good stuff. We uh, we're uh, just trying to find a cure for paralysis.